The following audio is from the King's Chapel in Clifton, Virginia. For more information about our church or to listen to more sermons from this series, you can visit us online at thekingschapel.org. Well, good morning, everyone. It's a big day uh, here at the church, big weekend. Uh, We know we heard during the announcements VBS is starting this week where over 100 children will come into this church to learn about Jesus in a, a, as the church is transformed into essentially a giant space station where they're going to learn about the light and love of Jesus. It's also Father's Day, as you've been made well aware of, and, uh, but that is not going to necessarily be the topic of our sermon this morning. You can see up here I have a whiteboard. Uh, I used to be the young adult pastor here at the church, and the young adults would often make fun of me if I brought out a whiteboard. They would say that I didn't actually have a message prepared, which is not true. I do. Uh, it's a big day, and I think about Father's Day, and I just think about what a privilege it is to be a dad. Uh, it's the greatest privilege of my life other than being a follower of Jesus is to be a husband to my wife Beth and a father to my children. They are everything to me. They are precious to me. And it's a wonder that God would entrust people like us to raise his precious sons and daughters, that he would lend them to us. It's, it's a gift and a privilege and it's a blessing in every way. Today is a day to maybe for you to just reflect with gratitude on the fact that God has called you to be a father. And to, to take stock of, of what that means from you to raise your children in the fear of the Lord. It's a, it's a gift, it's an honor, it's a privilege, and it is a great and heavy responsibility. And it's also a day in light of that to reflect on, on the love that we've been shown from our Father. This one works. Okay. I think of a lot of people in my life who have been like fathers to me. It's a, it's a, a chance to reflect with gratitude on, on the, the coaches, the, the mentors, the pastors, the biological fathers, the adoptive fathers, the stepdads, whoever it is that's poured into your life. I think of my dad, Bill, over here, my father-in-law, Bill, probably a few other people named Bill who have poured into my life <laughs> and uh, helped make me into the man that, that I am today by the grace of God. And so what I want to do is just honor those men that are here, as we've just done, and, and turn our hearts then to what it indicates, what it shows us of our Heavenly Father. Some of you have had a very flawed father figures in your life, and yet we can look at the Scriptures and we can see that God is our good Father who loves us so much that He would lay down His life for us. He would send His very Son to rescue us from sin and death. To, to live among us in our brokenness. He is so good. He is good beyond any compare. And, and it's such a precious gift when we can begin to grasp his love for us as our good father. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray as we get into the word, and I'm going to uh, just pray about uh, just that God would stir up in, in our hearts a realization of his goodness as our, as our dad. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are our good father. We thank you for the the godly examples that we've had, those that have loved us and poured into us over the years. Lord, we thank you that even where there was lack in our earthly fathers, you have never lacked. You have never left us. You have never forsaken us, Lord, and we are so grateful for that. And so I pray that you would give us eyes to see you more clearly this morning as our Father, eyes to see more clearly your best intention and hopes for us that our fathers, Lord, And we pray your blessing on this service as we open up your word. Help us to better understand who you are as we come to your word, your love for your children, Lord, and how we are to live in response 
to that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we turn to Mark chapter 12, that's what I invite you to do is open up your scriptures to Mark chapter 12. We're going to finish this chapter today, uh, Lord willing, starting in verse 35, going through the end of chapter 12. And just fair warning, today we're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about money. We're also going to revisit this next week because there's, there's too much to say. But despite the fact that money is sometimes an uncomfortable subject matter for people in church, they don't really want to hear about it or talk about it. It's something that is... Uh, a, Massive part of Jesus' teaching. If you look throughout the Gospels, he teaches on money regularly. Just in, in the Gospel of Mark, where of all the Gospels is, is perhaps the one that he speaks on money the least. Here in just the last few chapters from verse or chapter 9 on, we've seen him go into the temple and flip tables of, of the money changers in the temple because of their, their abuse of power, turning this house of prayer into a house of commerce. I think of the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10 who comes to Jesus and he wants to live this, this moral upstanding life, but what he cannot let go of is his great possessions. And as a result of his love of these possessions, his wealth, he turns away from following Jesus. I think about the discussion of, of taxes that we looked at just a few weeks ago. And in Mark chapter 12 now, we're going to see a, a contrast, a stark contrast between the showy gifts of the publicly wealthy and well-to-do and the poor offering of a widow. And so we're going to first establish the context, and then as you go through your outlines, you're going to see a condemnation from Jesus and then a commendation from Jesus. I don't want you to, to mix those things together. There will be a condemnation and then a commendation from Jesus. And I want to begin, as we establish the context for this, by asking a question that I asked my children this, this week. I got some interesting answers from them. I asked them this. I said, is it better to be rich or to be poor? I wonder what you think. Is it better to be rich or to be poor. I let them know that this might be a, a bit of a trick question when I asked it because their instant response, my son said, it's better to be rich, right? Because you get stuff. And then he thought about it and he said, no, it's better to be poor because uh, poor people are nice. He's had some kind of explanation for it. He just knew that, that, that the obvious answer couldn't be the right one. So he was <laughs> searching, searching for the answer. I think often, though, when we, when we approach Scripture and when we talk about this, this issue of wealth, we have this tendency to drastically oversimplify uh, the categories. And, and we do this as a society. Often it'll go something like this. It will be either if you're rich towards God and you, you do the right things and you live according to his word, he will bless you. That's true. But then we think that means he will make you rich. Therefore, if you are poor, you must 